0: We hear today the second part of the preaching of Jesus in the synagogue of Nazareth is in the Gospel of Luke. And here we hear this surprising turn in the reaction of the crowd. After the initial words of Jesus, the crowds are amazed at his words. But then someone says, isn't he the son of Joseph? And it seems that after that question The crowd changes the perspective on Jesus. And then you know the end of the story. Jesus proposes these two parables that point to the Old Testament. One is about Elijah and the other one is about Elisha. But basically God going to heal and to do a miracle to people outside the people of Israel because the people of Israel were not ready to receive with faith the proclamation of God. So after this message, they become infuriated. They become upset with Jesus. And they led him to the edge of the hill, and basically they want to kill him. And the gospel says that Jesus turned around and he passed through their midst. But all of this, started in that question. Isn't this the son of Joseph? Didn't we see him grow up with Mary? How can this man do these miracles or proclaim these words? He's just the son of Joseph. He's just an ordinary man. He's one more of us. That question has an implicit lack of faith, lack of reverence in the person and in the mission of Jesus. And that's why Jesus quotes that very famous phrase, no one can be a prophet in his own place. He's preaching in the place where he grew up, in, in Nazareth. And this reaction in some way contrasts with other people who received Jesus with faith, like the gospel yesterday. Jesus calms the storm, and people say, who is he? Who the wind and the sea obey. They have faith, they have reverence, they have awe before who Jesus is. So this initial indifference, this initial familiarity with Jesus, ends in rejection. The lack of faith, the lack of reverence, ends in inner disdain of the person of Christ. I think this is a very important point we can take from this preaching in the synagogue of Nazareth. It's a great temptation in life to become familiar with the people that are in our own Nazareth. You have people who you see almost every day. Those are the ones in your Nazareth. Could be your spouse, it could be your children, could be your parents, your roommate, could be co-workers, neighbors you see on a regular basis. That's your own Nazareth. And within your own Nazareth, you could fall into this temptation that the people of the native people of the place of Jesus fell into. Isn't he the son of Joseph. Grow familiar, grow accustomed, to lose what we could call the reverence, the the faith, and the depth of who each person is. And that lack of reverence can then lead to inner disdain, to reject, to a negative outlook, to focus on their defects. And this I mean inside our own Nazareth. Not like outside, but just the people very close to us. So what is the solution to this temptation? What is the invitation? Basically, to look at those next to us with faith, to gain a supernatural perspective, to gain the depth that people deserve. And this is through the lenses of understanding who each person is for the person of Christ, not just to stay on the surface, or we could say the packaging, but to go deep into the gift. We believe, as Catholics, in in four basic truths about each human person. You could summarize them in the words created, sanctified, sent, and glorified. This could be layers of meaning, layers of identity that can lead you to appreciate people next to you in a deeper way. First, each person is created. There's a son that says it's wonderfully made, has been shaped like clay in in the womb by the hand of God. They are unique, irrepeatable. Each person in your own address has that aspect. Its origin, the, the origin is from God, is divine. Each person has been sanctified. If they are in the state of grace, Holy Spirit lives in them. They have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. They are worth the blood of the Lamb. Each person has been sent, has a mission. They do good, they serve. And sometimes we grow used to the service they pay in our own Nazareth. Last week, I was not here because I was sick. I had COVID. It's not private. Like. So I was five days in isolation. And, well, when you're in isolation, you, you pray, you read. But also you walk around the house, no? So I, I started looking through the window, and it was like maybe 7 a.m., and I was looking in front of the building of St. Michael's. And this guy, like the guy with picking up the trash, the, I don't know how you call it, the, the trash man was driving this truck, parked the truck, opened the garage, and then pulled the, the dumpsters. And I was amazed. And Nobody sees this. Like This man is doing this every day. This is a very important work. And I had this longing or inclination to go and say, hey, thank you. <laughs> I now see what you're doing. But then I, I will scare him. Oh, I'm in day three of COVID, like. So I said, no, I better stay here. But that's a, maybe an unseen, unknown task. And maybe nobody thinks that man. The same happens with the people next to us. So many things they do and maybe we take for granted. And then each person is called to glory, to be resurrected with Jesus, to be completely transfigured by the grace and the love and the light of Christ. Each person is in a trajectory towards either resurrection and and heaven or hell. C.S. Lewis in the Weight of Glory, this beautiful sermon, towards the end has this very, very beautiful paragraph. He says, There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, to remember that the dullest, dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to, May one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would strongly be tempted to worship, or else an, an horror and a corruption, such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. Nations, cultures, arts, civilization, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a nut. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. Next to the Blessed Sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. Next to the Blessed Sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. As we have reverence before the presence of Christ in the Eucharist, we should also have reverence before each person. Each person is immortal in some way. Each person, if we would know what they would become, Louis says, we would almost worship them because of this call to be like another Jesus in glory. So those are the, the four layers and maybe can help you look at those close to you in a deeper way. They are created, they are sanctified, forgiven by Jesus. They are sent, they have gifts, tasks, services they do, and they are called to glory. So I invite you in this week to pray with the people in your own Nazareth. Maybe have a picture, write their names, and try to sense who they are for the Lord. Try to focus in the good things they have. When we pray, when we intercede, we enter in some way into the mind and the heart of God. We begin to appreciate them as God appreciates them. In the second reading, Paul says, I now know partially, then I shall know fully, as I am fully known. Now my vision is partial. I cannot see in the whole depth of reality and the whole depth of meaning of each person. But one day I will know fully. I will understand how God knows me. And that's what faith gives you. It anticipates that fullness. It allows you to see the people in your Nazareth as God sees them.